This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. And a wonderful Erev Shabbos to all of you. Great to be with you. Wonderful time of the year, a special time of the year. Not only a special time of the year, but a special Shabbos as well. It's the Shabbos Shuba, the Shabbos of repentance, the Shabbos of return. It's the Shabbos that falls between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And I hope you've all had a meaningful Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, which is not only a time for festivity and celebration, which it should be, but also a time of reflection, a time of understanding what the idea of God creating the world is all about, pronouncing God as master, king of the world, who constantly recreates the world. I hope you've had time to sit in shul and to look at some of the prayers, to understand the seriousness of the time, to understand that we are all being judged, to understand that we stand before God Almighty at this particular time of the year with requests, with ideas, with needs, and each and every one of us hopes and prays that those needs and requests will be fulfilled completely. And this is a time of the year that we have to think deeply about who and what we are. We have to think about our relationship with God, our relationship with our close ones, our relationship with ourselves. We have to understand what is our purpose here below on life. This is not a time to simply waste. It's a time to use, to use with great depth, with great purpose. And this is why when Shabbos comes, it is adding to the entire experience of what we are going through right now. Our sages tell us, as I've told you previously, that Shabbos menemit barchin, from Shabbos, the days of the week are blessed, the days of the past week and the days of the coming week. The past week, of course, contained Rosh Hashanah, the new year, the beginning of the year, the head of the year. And this coming week, of course, contains Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And a Shabbos that connects these two days obviously has to have elements of both. It has the monarchy of Rosh Hashanah that we'll talk about soon. It has the quality of atonement that Yom Kippur possesses, and we'll talk about that soon as well. And this Shabbos, in a sense, synthesizes, blends these two ideas, brings them together, not only brings them together, but adds blessing, adds blessing to the entire experience as well. And we have to understand what is the relationship between monarchy and atonement. Why, in fact, these two ideas come together? What does Rosh Hashanah represent? We spoke about that last week. And what does Yom Kippur actually mean? One often thinks to oneself that Yom Kippur is a day that we get, well, cleansed of our shortcomings, our sins. And it's true. It is that time of year. It is a day of atonement. It is a day that God shows us mercy and compassion, and he removes all negativity, all the blemishes that we have. But at the same time, it goes deeper than that as well. It's not only being forgiven or atoned for sins. It's at a time that we have to reconnect on a truly intimate level with God. We have to reconnect with our soul, part of God. We have to reconnect with our essence. We have to reconnect with our purpose. And this is why when it comes to this Shabbos, Shabbos Shuvah, the Shabbos that connects both Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, on Rosh Hashanah we declare the monarchy of God. On Yom Kippur we talk about the intimacy, we talk about the atonement, we talk about the infinite connection between ourselves and God. This Shabbos obviously has within it those elements that enable us to achieve those required levels. And therefore we have to look at the Shabbos as well. The Shabbos is called Shabbos Shuba, the Shabbos of repentance, the Shabbos of return, because we find ourselves 
in a time that is called Aseret Yemei Tshuva, beginning with Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippur, 10 days of repentance of return. Now, repentance and return are powerful terms. After all, repentance means that even though we have done something that we shouldn't have in the past, we have behaved in a way that interfered with our conscious relationship with God, we have somehow blemished, in a sense, elements of ourselves. Nonetheless, along comes Yom Kippur, and Hashem tells us that that with proper tshuva, he will atone, he will forgive us in the fullest sense of the word. And not only that, but as our sages add, that ultimately the highest level is that our negative behavior, in fact, becomes totally transformed into something which is actually quite positive. And this, well, it baffles us. How can it possibly be that something that we've done in the past we get atoned for? And it's not simply forgiveness if you upset somebody and you ask, you extend apologies, you ask for forgiveness, I forgive you. There's always that edge. There's always that element that not everything is perfect, not everything is right. Why? Because we understand. We behaved in a way that we shouldn't have. We behaved in a way which is incorrect, impolite. Well, we were inconsiderate of somebody else, and we know we've done something wrong. And even though we are forgiven and let, you know, has been, been, has been, that the fact is there's always that element. And yet when it comes to God, we are told that element of negativity is completely removed. How is that possible? How is it possible that Shuvah is able to accomplish that incredible level of well, forgiveness, atonement to the point where not only is it completely removed, but in fact ultimately transformed into something that is good. And it's therefore this Shabbos that we have to examine the Shabbos, the idea of the Shabbos, and we have to understand what the Parsha is telling us about as well, because obviously within this Parsha is contained a great many elements that are there for us to appreciate what this Shabbos that connects these two incredibly important days are all about. It's Shabbos Vayelech, as I mentioned last week, this year, Netzavim and Vayelech are separated. Two separate Parshas doesn't happen that often. More than often, those Parshas are connected, and yet this year they are separated. It stands on its own, and Vayelech stands on its own. And therefore, we have to understand the context of what Vayelech represents. What is the story all about? Who's going where Vayelech means, and he went? Who went where? And what was he doing when he went along this journey? And this is the Shabbos that we have to look at the Parsha and try to understand the deepest elements of this Parsha so that we can truly appreciate what, in fact, the Shabbos represents in relationship to the connection between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and how we can move from having declared the monarchy of God and recognize God as creator and master of heaven and earth who constantly recreates the world as mentioned and to approach God even in trepidation and with great humility on Yom Kippur to ask for absolute forgiveness and atonement so that not only do our blemishes become completely removed, but ultimately, in fact, to achieve the highest level where we can transform the negativity into something which is positive. And this is something which is promised to us. And therefore, it's within the realm of possibility. And once it is within the realm of possibility, we have to do our utmost to achieve whatever we can. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. 
We're talking about this week's Parsha Vayelech and how it connects these incredible days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. In fact, it's one of the ten days of repentance. And as I mentioned earlier on, Shabbos Meneim is Barachin Kulayomin, that Shabbos blesses all the days of the week, the prior and the coming week. And in order to bless them both and to connect them both, it has to have elements of both Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We're talking about Vayelech. Vayelech means, and he went. Who went? We take a look at the Parsha, a very short Parsha. And it's, in a sense, a bit of a somber day because Moshe is doing the walking. He's walking from one tribe to another. He's in the wilderness. The Jewish people are, well, close to the River Jordan, about to cross into the Promised Land. And Moshe goes to visit each and every single tribe. And the reason he does that is to say farewell. He says to them, I am today 120 years old and... This is thy last day on earth. Hashem said, I will not lead you into the promised land. I cannot cross the river Jordan. Joshua will be my successor, and he will take you into the promised land. And what does he do on the last day? Yes, on the one hand, he says goodbye to the people that he loved, the people that he protected, the people that he cherished, and the people that he led with such incredible humanity, with such incredible dedication, the ultimate expression of leadership. Moshe is saying goodbye to a people. And yet we have to listen to his words because in saying goodbye, he's not merely saying farewell. He is giving them instructions. He's giving them hope. He's giving them security. He's talking to them about their future. You know, one would think on the last day of his life on earth, in his physical being on earth, Moshe would have things to take care of in terms of his own personal, personal concern. And yet, on the very last day of his life, he is again totally and completely committed to his role of leadership. What does he do on that day? He says farewell. He writes a Torah, a scroll for each and every single tribe, and he talks to them. He says, be strong, be firm, stand fast, because you are now going to cross into the new land, and there will be challenges. But have no fear, God will be with you. What Moshe is saying, he knew that the Jewish people were unsettled. The Jewish people, despite the many, many complaints they had over the years to Moshe, against Moshe, Moshe knew that the people loved him as well. The people were totally dedicated to him. They truly appreciated and respected the type of leadership that he showed them, and their response was one of love. And he felt that they were insecure. What will the future bring? How will we ever manage to survive without the leadership of Moshe. And Moshe therefore tells them, don't worry, my successor will take care of you. And even though there will be challenges, there will be difficulties, you will have to meet powerful, strong armies. You will be victorious. You will stand strong because Hashem will be with you. And Hashem promises that he will deliver the enemies into your hands and the miracles that you've seen previously, they will continue to be with you throughout your entire process of taking the land, of inheriting the land, of possessing the land. God will not forsake you, and God will not in any way fail you. This is Moshe's leadership. Moshe's leadership is one of tremendous concern. And therefore we understand by Yelech, he's moving, he's moving on the last day of his life, 
physical life on earth. He is moving, he is moving with a tremendous sense of haste, of passion. He is incredibly concerned that his people should understand what's about to take place, that Yehoshua, Joshua, is going to become his successor and lead him into the promised land. What Mesha is doing is telling the Jewish people that there is an eternal, everlasting relationship between themselves individually and God. What Moshe is telling the people, be strong, be firm, for God will not fail you. God will not forsake you. He is talking to each and every single individual. Why does he go from place to place? He could have simply assembled all the Jews into one area and talked to them as a collective group, but no. He goes to each individual tribe. He is trying to convey a powerful message that Hashem's concern and love and protection of his people is not a general concept only. Of course, it's the Jewish people as a whole. Of course, it's Am Yisrael, the nation of Israel. But it is each and every single individual that Hashem is concerned with and about. And it's each and every single individual that Hashem protects And it's each and every single individual that has to connect from his position to God as well. It's not enough that God protects us. It's not enough that God won't forsake us. But in order to ensure that the eternal, the infinite, the everlasting bond between ourselves and God is real, is not when we do it as a collective only, although there is much to be said about the collective. There's much to be said about a united people. But also at the same time, each and every single individual within the context of his or her own reality must turn to Hashem. Moshe goes to each and every single tribe where they stay, where they live, and he says, it's within your own reality, within the context of your own lives, that you have to reach out to Hashem. It's not enough to be part of the people, although that's vitally important. It's equally important to have this personal relationship with Hashem. And this is what should be happening on Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, when we declare, Avinu Malkainu, our father, our king, Yes, it is in the plural, but at the same time, we think to ourselves that we are talking to our own father, to a king that protects, to a king who loves, to a king who provides, to a king who looks after us. And we have to, within our own consciousness, develop whatever type of understanding of that monarchy, what it means that God is king, what it means that God is creator. It's not enough simply to, well, I'm here in shul, I'm sitting with the crowd, and, well, we're going through the services, going through the prayers. No, what does it mean to me within my own reality? What does it mean to me within my own situation, who I am, my strengths, my weaknesses, my personality, whatever it is that makes me me, how is it that I can, within this reality, reach out to an infinite God and connect, make him my creator, make him my king? And Yom Kippur as well, we turn to Hashem, and we go through the al we go through those confessionals, those lists of sins, well, ten times almost. And each and every single time, we have to think that we are personally talking to God. We're not standing in the docket with hundreds of thousands, with millions, with tens of millions. Yes, we are in a sense. 
but we are standing ourselves as well. We speak to Hashem directly and personally. This is the relationship He wants with us. This is what Moshe is conveying on the very last day of his life on earth. He goes from place to place and he talks to each group individually and he tells them, this is your responsibility. You are going to cross the Jordan. You're going into a new place. You're going into a situation of great opportunity, of great blessing, of great future, the ultimate fulfillment of the promise that Hashem made to the patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob now is going to be fulfilled, but you individually have to ensure that you are going to retain that personal relationship with Hashem as well. And when we turn to God on Yom Kippur and we ask for personal atonement, it's altogether different. And this is what this Shabbos tells us. This Shabbos speaks about Vayelech. We have to do it with a tremendous sense of haste, with a tremendous sense of passion. We have to do it with an understanding what was Moshe saying to us his very last day physically upon this earth. At 120, he says, I'm going to leave this world. But God will not leave you. You will not be left on your own. First of all, yes, you will have the collective leadership of the people of Joshua. But you also have to have that individual relationship with Hashem within the context of your own reality. And he turns to Joshua and he tells Joshua, you know what's going to happen? These people will turn on you. These people will turn against Hashem. These people will behave badly. And the question is asked, what does Moshe say that to Joshua for? Joshua is now accepting upon himself a tremendous responsibility of leadership upon the shoulders to take over from Moshe. And as great as Joshua was, he was no Moshe. As our sages say, Moshe was compared to the light of the sun, and Joshua is compared to the light of the moon. Joshua was great, a powerful leader, a great leader, a great general, one who occupies, takes the land, but at the same time, he knows that he is only a student of Moshe. He is not Moshe himself. So why would Moshe burden him with the knowledge that the Jewish people will fail at some point? Why tell him that? Why not simply say, be strong? What Moshe is telling Joshua, and we are listening in because this is important, what Moshe is telling Joshua is you have to remember even when they fail, you are their leader. You are there to protect them. When you see that they behave badly, yes, you must act accordingly. But at the same time, not to despair, not to God forbid, give up. Be strong, be firm, stand strong, stand up in front of God and protect those people even in their worst moments. What Hashem is going to do, says Moshe to Joshua, is in fact continue his relationship with each and every single Jew. And it's your duty as the future leader to ensure that your people rise to that level and when they fail, not to give up, God forbid, but to turn again, to ask for Hashem's compassion and mercy and then again take the people and lead them, uplift them, make them higher, make them better. What we read about in this parsha is incredible. What we read about in this parsha is the incredible story of each and every single individual reaching out to Hashem and Moshe placing the tremendous, well, burden of leadership on the shoulders of Joshua, not so much in terms of what he has to do in terms of being a leader generally, 
But to be the ultimate leader in the most difficult times, in the most difficult situations, when the Jewish people turn on you, when the Jewish people are not behaving as well as they could and should, it's then and there that you have to continue to protect, to love, to cherish, to stand before God and take care of them. And this is what Yom Kippur is all about. Yom Kippur is a time we stand before God and we know with a great degree of certainty that he will, he will offer us atonement. He will forgive. But at the same time, we have to reach out as well because we know, yes, we have in certain ways behaved badly from time to time. But we listen to the words of Moshe. He guarantees this incredible eternal relationship with Hashem. And at the same time, he talks to each and every single one of us. We listen as he speaks to Joshua. And what is Joshua told? Even in a situation of difficulty when they behave badly, protect them. And this is something that we have to understand as well. And this is what is so special about this Shabbos, Shabbos Shubah. The Shabbos between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, one of the ten days of repentance, when we read that incredible Haftarah in the book of Hosea, Shuvah Yisrael, the Jewish people return Adashem until unto God your God. But more of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking about the importance of the Shabbos and how the Shabbos gives us insight into Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the idea of God being monarch, king of the world, of God ultimately atoning us, bringing forgiveness into our lives in the fullest sense of the word, ultimately even transforming negativity into something which is positive. And this Shabbos has the secret. We spoke about Moshe. We spoke about what he did upon his last physical day. In, on earth, and how he reached out to each and every single one. He says, you have to re- develop a personal relationship with Hashem to truly give the meaning of God's eternal bond with you, substance and reality. And then we turn to the Haftarah this week, which in fact gives the Shabbos almost its name, Shuvah Yisrael at Hashem Olakecha, Return to God, return to God till God is your God, until the higher level of God the higher level of God beyond creation and within creation, all these elements of godliness become your own. And the reason that you have to return is because you've stumbled along the way. You haven't done anything majorly wrong. You've just stumbled. And because you've stumbled, you had a wobble here and there. It's important that you understand what is your essence, what is your source, where do you truly belong, and you have to return. Something interesting about Shabbos. Shabbos is the same letters as Tashev return. The Shin, the Bet, and the Taf of Shabbos. And the Taf, the Shin, and the Bet of Tashev, the return. In other words, Shabbos has an element of returning. Shabbos has an element which brings Tshuva, the whole idea of repentance and return to a higher level. What happened on Shabbos? What happened on Shabbos was God finished his creation on Arab Shabbos, on the Friday, and on Shabbos he rested. Divine rest. What does divine rest mean as opposed to divine work? There was a certain amount of divine activity in bringing the world into being, God becoming creator. Heaven and earth was in an involvement. Each and every single day he brought different things into being. He developed the world over six days. On Shabbos he rested. Divine rest means having achieved purpose of creation, you come to a higher level of quietude, of introspection, of resting. Similarly, it is with us. Six days of the week we rush about. We're very involved in all sorts of things. Work, 
this, that, the other, up and down. Come Shabbos, or Shabbos Bamenucha, with Shabbos comes a restfulness, a time of introspection. We slowly walk to shul. We listen to our prayers differently. Our meals are differently. Our relationship with the family takes on this this holy perspective. We listen to the Torah reading. Shabbos has all sorts of elements that enable us to reach a higher level within ourselves. We're not busy with the hustle bustle of the world. We're not busy with working. We're not busy with all sorts of other distractions. Yes, and this is why we have to be careful on Shabbos. We shouldn't Take it as a time to simply waste our time to talk about business, God forbid. Shabbos is a time to take advantage of the divine restfulness that takes place, a creation that comes from the very essence of God. It is a return to something which is altogether different. When we use Shabbos correctly, then the tashev, the return dimension of Shabbos, is exposed as well. How much more so on a Shabbos that is actually called Shabbos Shuvah, the Shabbos of return. It's a Shabbos that we are able not only to celebrate divine restfulness, it's not only a time that we're able to celebrate, well, the fact that we rest as well in a physical sense, we rest in a spiritual sense, but that we are able to draw out the tashev, the return, And how do we do this? How do we return properly? We understand that, yes, we have stumbled. We understand, yes, we have made certain mistakes. We understand that as human beings, unfortunately, from time to time, we won't fulfill our duties as well as we could, as well as we should. We have to remember that as human beings, we will make mistakes. And it's important to understand, as Moshe told Joshua, don't despair Don't think the world has come to an end. You've made mistakes. There are shortcomings. The people have behaved badly. It's a time to draw a deeper dimension of concern, of love, of protection, to stand before God with a deeper essence because the very essence of you can never in any way be tampered with. That always remains pure and holy. It always remains connected with God at the highest level. This is what happens on Shabbos. Shabbos is our souls take on a different dimension of consciousness. We draw closer to the very essence of our souls, which in fact is connected directly with God. Shabbos is a time that our relationship with Hashem takes on altogether different dimension, different purpose, different meaning. Yes, during the week we are involved in all sorts of important activities and there are a great many important things that we have to do that we are obligated to do. We are obligated to go out there and deal with the world and earn a living in a proper way. But on Shabbos, Our Shabbos is a time of a soul connection with Hashem. And this is why when we come to Shabbos Shubah, we come to this Shabbos, which is altogether different, the one that connects Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Our souls reach a higher level. We reflect upon Rosh Hashanah. We reflect upon the concept of declaring God, our King. We prepare, in a sense, of approaching God on the Day of Atonement Yom Kippur to ask Him for forgiveness. This is a time that there is a certain stillness, a certain purity, a certain holiness that takes charge of our lives on this Shabbos, every Shabbos, but this Shabbos in particular, because it's one of the days of the Aseret Yemei it is called Shabbos Tshuva, it is the Shabbos of return, and we are allowed the incredible privilege of spending it together with Moshe 
on his very last day. And what he does on that very last day, he reaches out to each and every one of us to ensure us that our eternal bond with God is intact and will remain intact. But at the same time, there are things that we have to do. And this is why this is an extraordinary Shabbos. This is something which is very special. It's a Shabbos not in any way to be wasted. It's a Shabbos to be used with a sense of joy, with a sense of devotion, with a sense of clarity, with a sense of knowing that we are moving from the days of Rosh Hashanah, such incredibly important days, to the day of Yom Kippur and beyond, please God. But right now we are concerned with these two immense, immense moments in Jewish life, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And Shabbos tells us how we can do it, and in fact that we can and should do it. And this is why when you're in shul tomorrow, it's a short parsha. Listen carefully. Listen carefully to Moshe speaking to people and saying, today I'm 120 and I cannot cross the Jordan to take you to the promised land. But be strong and be firm. Listen to his conversation with Joshua. Listen to what he tells the people about the gathering together every seven years and the king reading out to them words of inspiration, words of Torah. Listen carefully to how he speaks about the preparation for the song of Hazina, which will come next Shabbos. Listen carefully to the, all the good things that he says to his people, to us, and let us act upon that. Listen carefully to the Haftarah, the words of Hosea. Return until God is your God. Because even though you've stumbled, you have every road open back to return to the very essence of Hashem. So listen carefully. I wish each and every one of you a gemarchat kimatova. May we be fully and completely and eternally sealed for a good and sweet and wonderful year. Have an easy fast. Good Shabbos.